It's time. Um, Dom, I want to start this podcast off. Uh, start it off. I want to talk about marrying your cousin. Um, no. Fa- well, it, don't worry. It's not okay. Continue. <laughs> continue. I I just I just I think that if if you are the kind of person that is like this is my only option um you're you're wrong there are quite literally tens of millions of other people out there in your like general within like 500 miles of you there are probably tens of millions of people of the opposite sex or the same sex if that's your thing that you could form a relationship with and to go my first cousin yeah sure just seems a little lazy to me okay here's you know? here's this let me uh, let me take that idea uh, one thing that what's funny is not a criticism of the show I have no problem with the, the you that. just have a problem with um, I just have a problem with, with the, incest the idea itself <laughs> yeah Listen, third cousins, hey, assalamu alaikum, anything goes. Maybe not. First cousins. (laughs) No, no, listen. No, too much of a stretch. First of all, um, Rhaenyra and Damon uh, are uncle and niece. Power couple. Not cousins. Second of all, um, Aegon is married to his sister. Dude, there are like so many... That's weird, huh? Weird. So there are cousin couples, but there are also a uncle and niece, and that's like also... Yeah, dude, Aegon married his sister. Aegon married his sister. Ugh, yeah, don't just try not to worse. just try not to think about it. Um, well, now that's all I'm thinking about. Yeah, but think about this. Yeah, think about Aegon. Uh huh. As king. Ooh, yeah. Um, that to me is. Uh, where do we? Uh, so here, we're done. By the so, way, yeah, we're done. We're um, done with season one. House of, of the Dragon is over. House of the Dragon. And well, it's it's far from over. It, I mean, it's it is far from over. I don't know what their plan is, like how many seasons they want to do. I wonder it, where they go how, from here. Because of how it left off. Oh, by the way, this is going to be spoiler heavy. Heavy spoilers for the um, last five. Like every spoiler you could possibly the, imagine, we will be Yeah, we're ruining about. the show. We're going to ruin the show for you if you haven't watched um, it yet. So just be warned. I just don't... With how they ended this <clears throat> season. Yes. I don't know how... They weren't always, no matter what, going to have a second season. Right. Because they kind of made it sound like the second season was dependent on the success of this one. Right. But there's really... They, there's I feel a whole like, war yet to be fought. I know. Like, there's there's a lot yet to happen. And the way this show ended... Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, I feel like this, this season of House of the Dragon was like... That that moment you have when you're watching something and you think I didn't I didn't realize that I like I kind of needed this in in my life, but now that it's here, I'm I'm more I'm very excited that it is. It's just like something that was like never in your mind until it got there, and you're like, wow, I I really did like this. This was like necessary and this like for became, television. This I like think. became part of my like routine. Yeah, I can't remember the last time. A like a TV show was part of my weekly routine that I could not miss. Like, you oh, were like, sorry, uh, this is required. Like Sunday nights, 
I, at and no seven matter, o'clock. Even if I have to stay up all night to yep. watch it, uh-huh. I am watching House of the Dragon. I will get to it, and it will happen on Sunday night, dude. I would watch right. it. At, I would have watched it at work on Monday morning. Yeah, like if I wasn't able to get to it Sunday night, like because you know, like Chiefs had a Sunday night game a couple weeks ago, and like there were things yeah. happening, but like. If it was Monday, 3 p.m., I and I hadn't watched the show, something was wrong. Something happened. Something happened that I just, like, I really, something was wrong. And that might have been, like, one out of the ten of the past ten weeks. Yeah. That I wasn't immediately on top of it, ready to go. And it's just, it's nice to, like, be back in that that place again because like that was what game of thrones was for so many people for for like forever for like almost 10 years yeah right and you know you you know a lot of people didn't love how the show ended and it kind of fell off in the last couple seasons but like there was there was a a period of time seasons one through five of game of thrones were like must see Run, do not walk. Like you are missing yeah. out on a cultural phenomenon if you are not watching Game of Thrones. Like that's the that was the level that that show reached, and it we were kind of without it for like four four years. When was the series? Twenty eighteen was that one? Thrones at eighteen or nineteen? Uh, yeah. There was like a period of like three plus years where. There was, and don't get me wrong, there was great television happening, and there were shows that I loved that are like on my top 10, like my top shows of all time list that came out in between that time. But it's not the but same. Like, it just, it, for whatever reason, it just doesn't have that same. Again, it's like, it's like, a, it is a cultural like phenomenon to like. It doesn't carry the same weight. It doesn't carry the same weight. And. Whatever it is behind George R. R. Martin's storytelling that makes these stories so compelling, I mean, obviously it has a lot to do with the showrunners and the writers on this show and how well they construct these characters. Well, and part of it, part of it too, just has to do with overall production value. And the thing is, basically anything HBO touches turns to gold. I know they just—they're so—they just have a way. They're and so unafraid to throw money at something that they feel like, even if like, even if they're not sure about it, they just it it HBO is. I feel like I feel like HBO is a very supportive platform for creators. Yes, and yeah. the way like Game of Thrones happened and House of the Dragon happened is like full proof of that. Because like even when like Game of Thrones started, the first season got like five million dollars per episode. Or six, or six, or I don't know. It was, you know, it was a, it was a couple, a few million per episode. And like, for a fantasy TV show at the time, that was kind of unheard of. And by the end of its run, it was like twelve to fifteen million dollars yeah, per sure. episode, right? I hear, I, have, I've heard reports that House of the Dragon was averaging around ten to twenty million per episode. So again, it's just like, which is still a lot like by today's standards. H- HBO was like. Hey, this is a brand new show. We don't really know much about the story. We don't know where it could go. But like, hey, here's the money anyway. Like, we're not gonna give you less. We're not gonna start you back at season one. Money. Right. Well, and what we're I, gonna give you season eight money for a brand new show and it and shows. a brand new story. It and it absolutely it does. shows. It does. The <clears throat> I think a lot of like the set building, um, especially the the CGI in this is 
as good, if not better, than Game of Thrones ever was. I was I, I was thinking yesterday, even just the set building um, that went into <clears throat> all the different right, you know, all the different kingdoms. Oh um, yeah, is is incredible, and I love what HBO is doing because it's kind of the opposite of you know Netflix and Disney. Netflix uh-huh. and Disney are like, okay, here's an idea that we're kind of on the fence about. Let's keep it low budget, and then by the way, any. By the Any way, sign of it failing, we're gonna just pull the plug. Also, and like every story coming out of those two places feels, and this isn't true for all of them. Like obviously, Netflix has Mike Flanagan. He's basically a ringer for like quality television at this. Oh, point. and trust me, we'll get there, and we'll get there, <laughs> and I'm excited to get there. But like Netflix has him, and they have a couple other creators that that are doing really good stuff. But like they're doing really good stuff with lower budgets. And like complete stories. Netflix's issue is like they have stories that are so half baked. Disney especially has this problem where stories are just kind of ha- either like it feels like they're all like half done, yeah. or they like got to the end and they were like, okay, we don't need to make any edits. Like let's just let's, let's just, just throw let's it just out go there. with what we have. Like that'll that'll work. And it fe- this show feels so much like like legitimate like prestige filmmaking like. Like there is not a single stone that went unturned into making sure that this show was like as good as it could have been made from every stamp from from the way it was filmed to the casting to the actual character arcs themselves. Like everything about it feels complete. Like it feels it feels like again like they didn't leave anything to be like like improved on almost like i i it's been a while since i've watched a sh- like a first season of a show and felt like they didn't like i don't think there's much to well, improve on to, here like to the to just that keep point. doing this like keep going like good job like i'm i'm excited about the second season but i, I also i don't have a feeling of like oh, i hope they kind of work on this character i kind yeah. of hope they like improve this thing well well to that point this this season was pretty perfectly paced because yes it was almost to it, it was enough to keep you wanting more and to be like oh i wish we could have just gotten two more minutes on this episode right like they, right they they found that balance perfectly yeah um <clears throat> while at the same time like they're they're taking their time with this story and that uh-huh. that should be appreciated because especially yeah. with the way season eight of game of thrones ended right they're they're not rushing themselves with this story they're giving themselves plenty of time to flesh out every Mm -hmm. little detail it feels all the stuff that you might not have even known would be important is is starting to work its way back up and that's what that's part of what makes this so great it feels so it 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 doesn't feel rushed at all and they they were able to accomplish that with massive time jumps like we have like we have Ten year of ten year time jump in the middle of the season, and before that we have like six months, a year, two years. Like there are time jumps that go on in the first five episodes too. Right. Then you jump about ten years into episode six, and then I think six through ten covers like a year or well, so. Nine and worth ten was like or maybe days. like days. Right. Hours. Nine maybe. and ten was basically the same 
the like, same story. The same, like a mirror episode that, almost. That could have been one episode. Or, right. or a part one and part two. Right. And I think that's what, like, the creators even said that, like, they were like, we we always saw 9 and 10 as, like, yeah. these mirror episodes that were, like, almost happening at almost exactly the same time. Well, let's let's dive into 9 and 10. I think that's I think where, a, yeah. as, far as, as far as just deconstructing the story, that's where most right. of the conversation lies. I think you're right. I think, well... Let's oh, briefly. Six picks up, obviously, like we said, ten years later. Uh, Radira's having her second kid. At that point, at yeah. that point, and she's married to um, Lord Corliss. Yes. Um, very clearly, not having his kids. Um, f- for reasons being, well, one, they they don't have white hair. Um, they, that's the obvious. That's one. the obvious like <laughs> indicator. Um, but you know, it's it's the, they're kind of following through with that agreement they made. Like we we can we can live the lives we want to live, but let's just you know do this for for the sake of the realm, right? Like we need to be married, so we'll be married, but we can still just live out the lives we want to live. Well, and that episode really sets the stage, I think, for. Damon and Rhaenyra to right. to pair up because we see them both in their own uh, their own relationships right. with family members um, yeah. <laughs> separately. Oh. Um, anyway, um, I think in that episode we see um, Lena Valerian. Is that the episode where she dies? Uh. Death by Dragon, Suicide yes, by Dragon. Yes, and, yeah. And and part of it is, I think, because she knows the true nature of Damon. Um, and when he is given right. the option of, hey, save your son, the same same thing that Viserys same exact had to option deal with. as Viserys. Yeah. But it's like, hey, save your son at the risk and <clears throat> and actually probability that your your wife will die. your wife will die. But she, I think, at that point, has spent enough time with him to know his intentions and right. Her mindset at the time is kind of like, hey, if you can't have one of us, you can't have either of us. Right. Also, like the story doesn't even give Damon the decision. She no. she, she takes before it from he him. can even decide is just like, nope, this is my terms. Yeah. I'm going out the way I want to go out. Which the, with and, everything we know about him and that we talked about how he needs to feel that control. Right. That was probably the biggest slap in the face that she could oh, yeah. she could possibly give to him and is also, to take like, that away from him. That's one thing that happened that happens throughout this this season with the the Valarians, like Lena um, what's his name's brother who freaking Damon chops his head off oh, in episode yeah. six or seven? Like they're they are all about going out on their own terms. Like I think like the Valarian men and women have been put in situations in this season where they realize I'm kind of in a, like a lose lose scenario here. So like, ah, uh, let me just go out the way I want to go out. Right. Lena did it. I think it's who who what's what's Renice's husband's name? Oh, um, the sea snake. The sea snake. I don't know his. The sea snake's brother. I don't know his actual. The name. The sea snake's brother brother calls out Rhaenyra for having you know for 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 having uh Lord children. Corliss. Lord Corliss. So I okay, I fucked that one up. Lainor is Rhaenyra's husband. Corliss, the sea snake, his brother comes out you know and when they're trying to figure out who's gonna get the 
who's going to take over that land when the sea snake passes away. Yeah. You know, he's trying to stake a claim, and he says, you know, you have no right because you don't. You're not even fathering Valarian children. Like those are bastards. Right. He knows in that moment, I'm going to die here. Somehow, some way, whatever. However, it happens, I'm not making it out of this room. So why not just fucking do it the way? Like why not say what I want to say before I go? And that's like a constant Valarian like, like storyline like like end of a Valarian story arc in this season is like all of them just being like, I'll do it. I'll go out on my own terms. Yeah. Even Lanor, to an extent, agrees to like fake his own death in order to just so that he can go so he can just live his life, sail away as if he as if he were dead, and that giving Rhaenyra and Damon this this kind of like subtle power grab to kind of improve their stake and their claim to the throne and again but like that's like the life that Lenor always wanted like it always seemed like he was the guy that didn't want to exist in this world in, or in the world of like who's going to be in control of the seven kingdoms once once um once Viserys passes away right, right. and he's given that option and he takes it. Like, every Valarian in this season is just, like, has, like, this this great sort of, like, like on their own terms kind of kind of uh, arc resolution. Obviously, there's a few Valarians left. The Sea Snake is still alive. Um, he was incapacitated, incapacitated for a Incapacitated for a couple episodes. And, and something, something that kind of becomes a theme, especially late into this season, is... Uh, and we see it first with Lanor, but then we also see it with, um, with uh, Jake. No, Jace. We see it with Jace. Yeah. Is some of these children have absolutely zero desire for power. Yeah. And and it's it's kind of being forced upon them by their parents who never had the opportunity. Right. Because they want you know their family name to yeah. live on. Yeah. Um, but they're a, a lot of them are reluctant and. Uh huh. And what's interesting is even though they're reluctant, they're also, and for many reasons, Aegon was reluctant to become king, but it was partially because he's a piece he's of kind shit. of just an asshole. He was a real, real who, bad who doesn't person. doesn't care to do anything that's who like, just not selfish. Who, like in the, the episode, episode nine, when they're trying to find, when they're trying to find Aegon and he's in that, or I don't know, they end up finding him like tucked away but they find out that he's been like forcing children to like file down their teeth in like f- and, and he's do also like been, these backyard brawls in he's been cages fathering children yes who are now fighting who in are those. are the children fighting yeah it's 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 pretty messed super, up and i'm sure fucked up. i'm sure that'll be important eventually i'm sure that'll the come number into, of children right, that he that'll come fathered, into play but in some way but you know <clears throat> These these kids that are reluctant to lead and, and are kind of being forced into it, they're also the ones that are going to be fighting the war that that right. they're kind of dragged into because of yep. their their familial issues. Yeah. Um. And so Lenor he found his way out, right? Right. Um, and but even even Rhaenyra had to deal with she didn't really want to just be put into a position just because her father wanted it, but that's right. That's what all of these people are dealing are with. Are kind of yeah. And it and it it comes to a head kind of in in episode 
seven, I guess, um, when they are gathered for the funeral right, um, right. Of, of Lena. And because that's yeah. the first time that all the cousins are kind of together and realizing like, hey, we're going to have to start making plays for the throne. Right. Like and, this is this is happening. And that that whether we like it was or not. especially important for setting up um, Amond. Because yes. yeah. that is the episode. First of all, is is that the episode he lost his eye? I believe it is. Yes, that's the episode for sure. He found his dragon. Right. Um. And and he kind of is establishing himself as someone who actually wants power. He's one right. of the few, at least of of that younger generation, of the kids that legitimately want the power. That le- yeah. Um. And, and is like doing things to make that known. Right. Like taking Lena's dragon. Exactly. Yeah. Which is this it, massive for, for no other reason other than he can because it was right available. Cuz it was available. Even though it's not his to take. Which is messed up. Which is messed up, but also like dude, like Amon scares the shit out of me. Oh yeah. But also dude, like he is terrifying. He the actors that play him in in this show do such a good job of portraying his character. And like he was one of the standouts to me at the end of the season. Yeah. Like the way his 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 story arc developed and the way he kind of progressed through through his childhood with the things he went through. And he has one of the more complete story arcs, I he think, does. out of the yeah. entire show. He's one of the he is one of the 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 children, quote unquote, because they're all g- getting to be older at this sure. point. He's one of those those younger characters that feels really truly fully developed yeah and you can just like all of his actions and the consequences that come from them make sense right also like the fact that he put a a sapphire in his where his missing eye was like when he pulled that eye patch off in episode 10 and you saw just that blue whatever jewel it was that that shit was like that was like night king well he's like mad night king energy for me he's like even though he's turned into a major prick, yeah, he's like fighting some serious childhood trauma. Of yes, like he is. You know, his brother's the heir who didn't, who doesn't want to be. Right. Um. He clearly gets all the the love and the attention because of that, because he's next in line for the throne. Uh huh. When when Viserys dies and things kind of come to a head, it's like he has to sit and basically help his mother find his brother right who will then lead who and, yeah and in that episode in episode i guess nine nine yeah. um he finds his brother and it's interesting uh the parallels between lanor and 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 aegon because aegon says something to aemond about find me a ship and i'll leave like i'll leave this all behind right right and, and kind of in that moment you can see aemond kind of considering it because he knows that if his brother is gone he's next in line it's him until until sir Kristen finally steps in almost as to say you know because Kristen sort of offered the same thing to Rhaenyra like hey let's leave this whole life behind we can sail away and and do our own thing Uh Kristen kind of steps in at that moment almost as a like he knows it's too good to be true like let's just get back to the castle there's no fighting what's about to happen Right. And, and as much as as much as I've kind of grown to to dislike Kristen, he he has sort of a sense of, I guess, 
cynical realism to right. him, where where he's he's very grounded in the he, way that he, he sees the world. He right. knows he fully recognizes the game. He, yes, that is he knows being the played. game that's being played, and, right. and he knows he knows what you can and can't escape in this Game of Thrones. Right. Um. And and for that reason, he kind of keeps at least the younger two, Aemon and Aegon, kind of grounded. Right. Um. And his job, first and foremost, is to protect the queen, but. You can kind of see him. He he knows he doesn't have a play for the throne, right? Um, and I don't know that he's trying to protect the family necessarily. Uh huh. But he's more so just kind of guiding them through, like, hey, let's try to get everybody through this unscathed, right? Uh, right. As as best we can. Yeah, dude. Okay, I want to I want to take this moment to just have a a recognition for Patty Considine as King Viserys Targaryen. Yep. First of his name. <laughs> Lord of the Seven Kingdoms and the Andals and whatever the whatever the hell they whatever say. Whatever things him. he was Lord of. Because he truly probably was like the last good Targaryen leader. Because I'm pretty sure like this this storyline is telling the first like civil war, like the first Targaryen civil war, right? And of of many that happened before, before the Song of Ice and Fire happens in right. Game of Thrones, right? Like, basically, I'm pretty sure after Viserys, there's like there's no period of time with a Targaryen ruler that's like peaceful. There is always. Always war. There's always war happening between families from this point, the end of this season, until 100, 100 whatever years later. Well, and that's the Targaryens we that Thrones. we were introduced to. Right, all, exactly. All we have ever known we, until now are the violent Targaryens. Like, that's that's all we have had. With with the death of Viserys, we witnessed, like, the end of peacetimes. And part of the issue, though... Part of that is that Viserys also kind of let himself get walked over by everybody. Right. Because I think he had, you know, mostly benevolent intentions. Right. And and so people take advantage of that um, till till the end, really, when Alicent oh, yeah. decides that Aegon is going to be king. Right. When, she... when in reality, the Song of Ice and Fire, what it refers to is... The, the coming war with the White Walkers. Right. It refers to Jon Snow. It tells the yeah. story of Game of Thrones. Right. It, and that's that's what the prophecy is. They just don't know they when don't the know prophecy when or what, is going to be. And there's so many fucking Aegons. Oh what are they God. supposed to do, man? Right. Yeah. Keep, <laughs> they keep naming their kids Aegon. Like, um, what the hell? So, I think that that... Rhaenyra, that kind of, ha Rhaenyra has an Aegon. Yeah. What the hell? I think that kind Why? of brings me to, uh, to Alicent. Uh -huh. who I think is a fascinating character study yeah. here. Um, <laughs> for the most part, she doesn't really want anybody to get hurt. Right. And she's kind of, her story is kind of driven by Otto. He's, yes. Otto Hightower is is the one kind of pulling the strings. Uh -huh. uh, whether, whether directly, especially towards the end when he is straight up just calling the shots. Right. Or indirectly where he's kind of just guiding people throughout this game again to try to skew things in Allison's favor. Yeah. But it, when he initially leaves, when when Viserys takes away right his his pin as hand of the king. He he yeah, he he denounces him as hand. Mm -hmm. 
Otto all but tells Alicent that one day their family will sit the throne and that the two of them will lead together. Will be the one, yeah. He he's after the throne even though he has no legitimate claim for it. Right. <clears throat> and and he drives Alicent I think to do a, a lot of the more uh backstabby right type well, of, he forces her into decisions that maybe she wouldn't make on her own. I, and I think I think it is it's to that point like it's because he knows she she is naive enough to think that that doesn't have to happen in order for his plan to come to fruition. Like, like Allison is naive enough to think that like, Oh, I can just usurp the throne from my childhood friend and there doesn't have to be any bloodshed. Well, unfortunately, she genuinely cares about Rhaenyra. Right. But unfortunately for Allison though, the, the problem is like, That'll never happen. And that's not how this game is played. That's not how... This isn't how the game is played. Right. You play... What's... What is it that... Uh, what is it that they say in Game of Thrones? If you play the Game of Thrones, you win or, or die. Right. Right? Like, that's... That's just... That's just the truth. Like, that. there's no better way to explain it to someone than that phrase, that line right there. Mm-hmm. But Allison has... Again, like you said, like... She still does have, like, this deep connection to Rhaenyra... And she still cares for her very greatly, but she's driven just enough by that that desire for power that she's willing to do all these. She's willing to do everything except like what is absolutely necessary, right? To stake her claim to the seven, like she, to she'll make take sure it, she'll she'll take it right up to the line without crossing it, right? But she's kind of being pushed over the edge, and then the the issue arises, okay. you know, with the cousins. Right. Where basically with Rainier and Allison, you get two mama bears that are not going to back down. And I think Allison does have a lot of like very motherly qualities in, uh-huh. in the way that she leads, you know, not only her children, but at, at times the kingdom when she's calling the shots. Right. However, rarely that occurs. I, I feel like to, to Allison and Rainier's credit, they both are very strong motherly like their their influence as mothers is very positive like they have a very positive um influence on their children yeah yeah as mothers like they're very like the scenes that Rhaenyra has with her two kids in the finale before she sends them off to uh one to Winterfell to speak with the Starks and the other to um Whatever the uh, whatever the name of the places where the Baratheons are, right? To make sure they still are, they are allied with Rhaenyra. Yeah. In the the coming the coming stake to the or the coming claim to the throne, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, she has this wonderful moment with both of them, talking about like you know uh, how how Targaryens have this like belief that like they are as powerful or as high up on the totem pole as gods, if not higher and how like you can't, you can't like go about your life just assuming that though. Like in, in the end we're still, they're still human beings. Right. And all the people 
that they're going to deal with are also human beings. So therefore, you have to think about what gods they serve. You have to think about the way they think. Like, you can't just assume, oh, I'm Targaryen, therefore I am elevated. You have to understand the people that are around you and the people that you're going to have an impact on. Well, and I think for and it's the- a great, great, just small moment that happens between the three of them. And it was one of like one of the highlight scenes of that finale, I think. I think for the most part, both of them do try to lead their children on the straight and narrow, you know. And, yeah. And part of it, especially in Allison's case, is she doesn't want Aegon to to make a fool of the High Towers. Right. And and she realizes, I think, I think she notices early on that Aegon is not fit to be king. And she does everything she can to to try to keep him keep him on the path. And right, we're gonna find out if it works. I don't think it does. I don't think it will. But eventually, it has to be rushed because there's no other option. Viserys dies. Oh, by the way, yeah. The opening scene of episode nine when we uh-huh. find out that Viserys died. Yeah, and there's the the child spy. Oh yeah, running, yeah, yeah, running through the castle and, uh-huh. and and informing the the what are they like the maids? The maids or the yeah the informing them that the king is dead, and then we basically just get this long shot of the immediate aftermath of that news: the kingdom right. being locked down, people, yep. uh, you know, civilians, crowds of 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 citizens being corralled essentially, uh, right, to make sure that that news does not leave King's Landing. Uh-huh. Until until everything is figured out, until right. there is a king, because they don't want that news getting to Rhaenyra before Aegon before is before Aegon is crowned. And essentially, it works. They they it realize does. that that Rhaenys is their biggest threat. Yes. Um, and I think part of that is because she basically has nothing to lose. She has already right. lost her claim at the throne that was rightfully hers. That probably shouldn't have even gone to Viserys. Right. Yes. Correct. But she she knows that that the the her and her husband don't have any claim to power especially now that Lainor is gone right so her her loyalties at that point lie with Rhaenyra and i think Alicent knows that yeah she, she's enough of an oddball that they're like okay we can't let Rhaenys out we she right. can't escape she, yeah she's too she's too much of a wild card until they point. decide hey let's have the the crowning ceremony above the dragon's lair. Yeah. I, I forget what that place is called. It's, right. It's, it's like a big coliseum looking place. Right. It's, yeah, it's essentially a coliseum built with, on top of where the dragon, with a ton of dragons, where the dragons in, in the basement. Right. Right. And, and <clears throat> Rainis gets snuck down to, to her dragon and says, Hey, Fuck you. She just comes out of, with, of the thing with the dragon kills a bunch of people, a bunch of people and just goes, Mm. Big old middle fanger. And but then she leaves. She could have ended this whole she story. She could have ended the whole entire story. If she just pulled a little uh, Dracarys. It would have been over. Yeah, it would have been it over. Would have been it. But I think part of it is it is like the fear factor of the Hightowers know she could have ended everything. Oh, yeah. They 100%. absolutely know. In Literally, one spoken word and this whole thing is over. Yeah. But I think that Renice also realizes that this civil war is going to be fought with dragons. And that's that's kind of her sign to the Greens 
of, hey, prepare for Get what ready. is coming. And, right. and we see that um, kind of fully fleshed out in the finale when Damon is more aware than anybody like hey we have more dragons than they do right um and and the number however many that are still left unclaimed because right when we end this episode um i think it's what the the blacks have like 12 dragons i think that's what's yeah the the number four the number they claim is and yeah they he says he says even basically regardless of if these families are still allies or if this group is gonna you know, give us their resources. We have 12 dragons to their, I think he says three. Yeah. It's like 10 to three or 12 to three. Like it's something like that. It's minus. It's it's a lot to a minus one. We'll get minus one and a son, but Hey, you know, what's You know, who's counting? Who's counting? Um, but I, so also I think Damon once again, shows his true colors in in yeah. the final episode. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. First of all, he he shows that he's not afraid to uh I, I guess essentially try to take a, a bit of power away from Rhaenyra. Yeah. His his goal of course is to have her recognized as queen, but he he still has selfish intentions. Right. He still right. is looking for some amount of control in this whole thing. Right. And he shows that to Rhaenyra, that that he wants control still over the decisions that she Mm -hmm. makes. And the second she brings up, she brings up the Song of Ice and Fire to him. Right. Saying, like, you know, they're having this conversation about how, like, you know, really the most important thing I can do as a leader is make sure that I don't bring total destruction to the Seven Kingdoms and also, like, there's something that's even more important than that going on right. that nobody else knows about. That, like, I, that she thinks Damon knows about it. She thinks, she thinks that Viserys told Damon at whatever time. You know, she just thinks that he knows. Yeah. And then Damon's reaction to that is literally physically choking her because he, in that moment, realizes like. There might be something going on that she knows and I don't. And again, it's like... And he probably it, realizes that that Allison knows too. And that's what is sparking this whole thing. Right. Because I don't I don't know that he really understands Allison's intentions mm-hmm. other than just trying to get her son on the throne. But right. Nobody other than Rhaenyra mm-hmm. really knows why. But even Allison has a very limited understanding. All she knows is that the Song of Ice and Fire is something that has to do with Dan or with Aegon. But I don't think she actually knows what the actual prophecy is. Right. Because when, when Viserys first brings it up to Rhaenyra back when she's a kid, he has to like tell her of the prophecy and what it actually means and like what it means, not just for the Targaryens, but for the future of the realm. Like, all Alicent really knows is that the Song of Ice and Fire has something to do with a prince named Aegon, who is the prince that was... Is it the prince that was promised? Is that what I it is? I think so. Something like that. Like, even even her own understanding of it is very limited. And <clears throat> for basically Rhaenyra to be the only person that 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 knows what's really... 
going on with that that idea. Well, she understands the weight of it. She understands she, right. that it's not just right. about one person sitting the throne. Right. It it's about quite literally the the future of the seven kingdoms. Right. It's about that. It's about one. It's about that prophecy living on. And I'm curious as to how like that prophecy will live on because I'm pretty sure it's still in place at the time of Game of Thrones, 150 plus years later. Right. And that's like, what that's what eventually fulfills it. Right. Is like how is that the events of Game? How of is that passed on from Rhaenyra to whoever's next? Because I don't think at the end of all of this that Rhaenyra is gonna be the one that ends up in power. I don't think I so either. I still think it's gonna be one of the kids, but like I don't know. Which More one. likely, I I I think. I'm kind of leaning towards Aemond eventually. Maybe. I think that's kind of where signs are pointing. Because, like, well, I mean, Jace, again, is, Jace Aegon, is gone. Aegon so isn't... Can't be him. Still is not fit to lead. No. Um, And whether or not it's it's his own people that turn on him or his own, like, his own, like, uh, his advisors that turn on him. Like, there's going to be a... There's going to be a point where people realize, oh, this this kid just cannot do it. Well, like, and I think that, I think also in in this next in this upcoming season, whenever it is, it's Game of Thrones, so it might right. be a year or two. Let's see. Let's see. But I think that we're also going to see Lucerus kind of come into his own as somebody who is vying for power in and of himself. Right. The, the end of this episode is that Rhaenyra's firstborn. Yeah, that's Lucerus? the older. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's he's kind of showing his willingness to. To put up a fight, he's willing to fight for Rhaenyra. Um, yeah, but he's also, I think, at at one point or the next, going to fight for his own claim to the throne. Rhaenyra mm -hmm. has already laid out the plan for her own death. She's she's put those contingencies in place for her sons to take power if she is to die during during this upcoming war. Right. Um, and I think that Lucerus is going to play a big role in that, especially now that... I think you're right. Now yeah. that Jace is dead. It's it's essentially right. going to be Lucerus and Rhaenyra getting vengeance for right. the death of Jace. I think, it, honestly, I think it could also be, like, someone we haven't even, like... It could be a kid we haven't even seen yet, because I think, like, pretty much every episode, they, like, have a new kid. So yeah, there's always there's a chance season two sun. could start. Oh hey, by like, the way, if you have um, incestual children, they'll probably come out deformed. Yeah, yeah. Just as a heads up, dude. There was a lot of things that happened in that last episode. Yeah, that were just ooh, a little rough. Um, the most rough one being the fact that when um, when Jace gets to what is the name of the it's not. It's like where the Baratheons are. It's something end, not Lands End. That's a brand. Uh, it's not important. Whatever. Once he gets there, he realizes that um, Aemond is already there with his dragon. I don't think he sees <clears throat> the dragon. The dragon's name is Vagar. Vagar. I don't know yeah. that he actually notices him upon his arrival. No, he doesn't he, notice he's kind until of hidden he's like in the fog, walking up. And then it, the dragon just kind of pops right. out. Dude, that was actually some scary shit. That, like, that and was also, that very well done. Huge. It is so big. I think it at makes, the time he's the. It's the largest. It is largest, the largest yeah. living dragon. Living at dragon. Least. It makes it makes Jace's dragon look like like a small like a like a tiny farm animal, 
in a, like that's how much bigger it is compared to Jace's dragon, which yes. is Arax Ar- or something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. So again, this wonderful scene where you realize the Baratheons are going to be of no help to the Targaryens whatsoever. Um, Aemon still has a lot of issues with Jace and the fact that he accidentally cut out his eye and a fight when they were kids. And then, um, Vagar just, just eats Jace. It's, in the, it's an interesting he doesn't moment, eat him, but like he just takes one bite and Jace and his dragon are in tiny little pieces it's, everywhere. It's interesting because, um, <clears throat> We're, we kind of see that the young dragon riders don't necessarily have all that much power over their Full dragon. control over... We, we yeah. see that, that the dragons still have minds of their own. And mm-hmm. I don't know if if the smaller dragon, Arax, or however you say it. Yeah. I don't know that it, it attacked fully on its own. The whole the whole battle was I think provoked. it did, though. Eamon's, Eamon's goal basically was to get revenge for his own right. eye. But it, but it wasn't, was never to kill. It was never to kill Jace. It was only to, yeah, like to provoke him, maybe scare the shit out of him a little bit. But in the end, it ended up being the dragons that were making the decisions. Right. And like in that moment, you can see Aemon like fully realizing the weight of what just happened, despite not wanting any of what happened at the end there to happen. But also, like, at the end of that moment, he's, like, okay. It seems like he's kind of okay with well, it. Well, he has to be because at I mean, that yeah, point. Yeah, there's no going back at that point. At that point, it, <clears throat> if he goes if he goes through and and admits mistake, yeah, then he's admitting that he doesn't have control over, right. over Vega. He's, like, well, he's also, like, admitting to his, uh, his trauma and the fact that his like childhood trauma is affecting him that much and his ability to make sound decisions. And uh, the other thing is, and I, I read this somewhere. I don't remember what, what blog I read this on, but basically he has to, he has to confront eventually Aegon about, about what happened and Allison Uh about what happened. So he has from now until, until he gets home. He better do it quick too to, because to get, a, to get a story together about yeah. whether or not he intentionally or killed it was, his cousin yeah. or or whether well it also like does it even just, matter or whether he just has no control over his dragon because either way he started a war. Allison's going to know like Rhaenyra and Damon are coming now and there is no stop. Like there is no stopping what's coming. Right. And especially and, and it's going to be bad. I don't think Aemon would have known this but Rhaenyra was considering taking Basically taking a plea deal. Right. She was going to be like, okay, I'll... And she was forming a plan to, like, peaceably retake the throne. I think basically was what was happening. Like, saying, like, okay, I have all of these families. I have all of these dragons. We're just going to cut off their supply. Basically a war of attrition. I think she was considering... That was what the whole point of the end of the episode was. was like, we're going to create a cold war, basically where we cut off the supply to King's Landing, we surround them and say, this is my, this is actually my throne, give it to me, or all of this is going to keep, like, you're not, you're going to be... But I, I, I think <clears throat> even more so, I think to some degree, she was considering acknowledging Aegon as king to avoid war, 
Well, and, yeah, and, for, at a t- yeah, for a moment to, there, and to let the the prophecy. Well, it, it wasn't play until out. it wasn't until the sea snake said, "Like you have my support, right? I am fully behind you. What are we? What are we doing?" That she decides, maybe again, like she has. There are a lot of similar parallels to her and Allison, where she thinks, "I really don't want to. I don't want there to be bloodshed." Right. Despite the fact that I believe my claim is the claim, is the rightful claim, I don't want to have to go to war in order to make that happen. She is fully willing to, like you said, like she's considering the options that keep keep people safe, limit the amount of death, and ultimately make sure that the right thing happens, which is that the song of you know the the prophecy of the song in ice and fire lives on and that it doesn't die with her and then therefore dooming the seven realms to right. there's the seven kingdoms to whatever may come of it it really isn't until jace gets all chewed up like that <laughs> final scene seeing her like that whole that just that quiet unspoken moment like that that's like that 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 look in her eye like that's that Targaryen like I'm gonna kill as many fucking people as I can right now look yeah. and I just I don't know dude season two it could not get here fast enough it'll be at least a year it'll it'll be a while but I the, think their season two is just I think they started filming like just be nowish war. I think so. There's because no more. There's, there's no more there's like. No, there's nothing else to set up. There's nothing else to really prep Every, for. All of the pieces are in place mm-hmm. for Rhaenyra to to Dracarys the fuck out of the greens. Yeah. Also, the 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 showrunners and the creators said there's not going to be any more time jumps. Like season two is just going to be pedal You're to the metal. It. Yeah. They also said the pace is going to be different too. Like it's going to be much more fast paced than this season was, probably because it's all it's just going to be all war stuff. So, yeah, it would make sense for it to be a little more fast-paced because people are just fighting the whole time. So, pretty pumped for that. Either way, I'm I'm excited. I I think that the the, the story, now that it is... Now now that all the setup is done, I think that we're really going to see who's pulling the strings throughout this whole this whole thing is it is it going to be you know damon versus Otto hightower is it going to be rainier and alicent that are eventually you know making decisions for the realms are there going to be agreements put in place what's going to happen i'm i'm excited to see really who's who calls the shots in this war because right now for the blacks it's kind of leaning leaning damon Right. Uh, fuck that guy. Still hate him. Yeah. Still, he's the worst. Yeah. Still, just a skis. Um, there's, there's not too many likable characters, unfortunately, right now. I'm, I'm happy just being here along for the ride, but like, it's kind of hard to pick sides. Other than like, now you just don't like Aegon, so you don't want him to sit the throne. We'll see. It's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty interesting. Yeah. All, all of this is to say that Game of Thrones is all the way back. All the way back. Um, filming is supposed to start in late 2022, so not good enough. Sometime between now and I mean, it's should have started November, yesterday. so like it maybe they've already started. Yeah. So that means we'll probably not get a new season until not next year for sure. Not next maybe year. maybe December next year. Maybe I would plan on spring of 2024. Of 2024. 
Ugh. I don't want to wait that long. I wish that they would just have this it stuff just hurts like to ready. Have it in the works. Think about that that timeline. Yeah, it sucks. But hey, that's the that is that's such the HBO such way. is the nature of TV shows. And also, Especially this is like this HBO. is a massive budgeted project. So like, we're not it's, talking about Netflix here. Yeah, it's, it's not like some. It's not like some low budget, budget comedy. Some low budget comedy where you can put out forty eight episodes in a man of, matter of. 18 months and what they're like, doing is hard like yeah. this is mm-hmm. this is tough business dude it is um but they're doing it well i i for one was super happy with me too with season man one i was disappointed i won't lie a bit that we didn't get to see the war kick off yeah yeah every episode and maybe that's the point every episode felt like a turning point right it felt right. like at any moment you know that that powder keg could catch the, on fire. yeah the straw that like, breaks the camel's back could you were just waiting. finally break and, and every every episode had a moment where you're like oh here it comes here it is and then this it is just, it somehow and then it's it, just kind it of diffused right and right but now we're here we, here we, we are finally saw what's gonna light the fuse and yeah i i can't wait to see it i wish maybe we got a little bit more of a glimpse but mm-hmm. they built so much excitement for season two right I, I'm excited for season wait. two because season one felt like such a unique experience in terms of like the way it was structured. Yeah. Also, like like we talked about this a little bit, you know, before we recorded episode nine felt like an enti- not an entirely different show, but the way it was structured to be like this thriller. It was never yeah. really got that out of Game of Thrones. It was chaotic. And to see that kind of. Probably my favorite, my favorite episode structure-wise, for sure. Story-wise, probably two, nine and ten were just so much was going on. And it right. was like the final, like, it felt like a culmination of the season. And it felt earned, which I liked. But the way that episode nine was actually put together was just so unsettling and so f- full of tension. And just w- well shot, and the the music in that episode was really good too. Probably the highlight of this of the season as yeah. well. Just so many good things that happened in the show, and they all felt super earned. And it just gets me really, really um, excited for whenever we eventually get, hopefully, season two. Some, one day, maybe. one day, maybe. I mean, it, it's gonna happen. There, it's already confirmed. But it's just a you know, at least a year, probably a year and a half. More likely a year and a half. Hey, we'll be here. We'll be here, though. Hopefully. Right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. we'll be here. We'll, we ha- we'll be. We'll be around. We'll, we'll still be making pods. We will. Um, All right, dude. Let's, let's go ahead and bring them out. Time to say goodbye. I don't know. Goodbye. We have had a, a couple people tell us that we should have been making these podcasts when Game of Thrones came out. That would have been exhausting. That and would it probably been, would have been our entire show. Would have just been Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, we would have literally would been, have been a Game tough. of Thrones podcast. Um, but for all you Game of Thrones fans, um, Game of Thrones is back. You're and, welcome for doing this. And you're welcome, no, by okay. the way. <laughs> thank us. Leave a review where you leave nothing but thanks for our generosity yeah. and time yes. and effort. Only praise. No criticisms because no. there's what is there what to criticize. What is there to criticize? And if you do criticize us, first of all, you're wrong. Yeah. I'll read it. We'll read it out loud. But it's dumb. And publicly shame you because we will. you're oh, probably absolutely. the only person who criticizes our work. I have never been criticized now that I no. think about it. I never self-criticize either. 
Absolutely not. Dude, we're the best. We are the best. Yeah. On that note, hey, yeah. if you think we're the best, which you do, <laughs> and we are, leave us a review um, on Apple Podcasts or yes. on Spotify. Yes. Give us those five stars. Um, those reviews actually do go a long way mm-hmm. in uh, helping us with the algorithm. Help this thing called the algorithm. Um, I the, still don't fully understand it. I don't either. But the more we do this, but I feel like the more I learn about more, it, I don't the know. The more listens we get especially the more reviews just the more you interact with our work the more interaction outside of that we get of ending up on on lists and Mm -hmm. getting recommended randomly to people who are browsing um yeah so if you like what you're listening to uh leave that rating leave a rating give us a a, did you know we're on social media too are we yeah we're on facebook what's our name and instagram uh front row seats wrong Front Row Podcast. Right. On all platforms. All platforms now. At yes. Front Row Podcast. You can also email us. You can also it email, email us. Um, Front Row Media One. I actually was just checking our email today. At gmail.com. Um, people don't email us. I know. Um, Probably because people junk, um, hate emails. Yeah. I hate emails. But if you were to email us, I would love it. Mm-hmm. So do it. And um, leave us your thoughts there. If you anywhere, want more of a long form platform to leave us your thoughts, send us an email. If you want to become pen pals, write us an essay. Sure. We'll, we will read we'll the entire it. essay. We will grade <laughs> it and we will, we'll give will it a grade, grade it ruthlessly. By oh, the yeah. way, listen, listen, I didn't get into journalism because I was bad at grammar. We will okay? expect nothing but perfection. Nothing but high quality. You drop a pass, you run a mile. <laughs> you miss a block, you run a mile. So Gus, yes, we're on every every podcast, every platform, platform. Um, not just Spotify not even, and Apple, not just the ones we can name. We're on far more Stitcher. Yep. Um, hey, insert. shout out to our SoundCloud, SoundCloud folks. By the way, SoundCloud, you guys folks, bring the heat. And you I appreciate are the, that. you are the glue that holds us together. That holds it all together. SoundCloud in general, you are the glue yeah. that holds it all together. Shout out SoundCloud. Without not you, I don't know where we not would. Not a sponsor. Put all these. In fact, we not pay a sponsor. Them. We literally, so, we quite literally pay them. Yeah. So thank you for taking thank our money. Thank you for taking our money. And keeping our hours and, and helping hours us to of, not earn any of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> not a single cent. All right, It's guys. fine. All right. We're going to get out of here. Uh, oh, before we go, tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your dog. And your dogs and your... Leo knows about it. Yeah. Leo loves this show. Yeah, Leo loves just ruining well, every it's, show. He's not, he's not ruining it. He has. He wants to be a part of he it. He wants to say something. The problem is... We can't understand it. He's a dog. Yeah, and he doesn't have thumbs. He can't hold a dogs microphone. Don't, dogs don't have thumbs? No. They just... I guess, the, yeah, they're all the, the... Wow. Yeah, it's too bad. That's interesting. Because if we didn't have thumbs, most likely... We wouldn't be holding these mics right he now. He also like he also has to interestingly enough, he also has to wait for you to let him go to the bathroom. Yeah, imagine which, that. Which which we did during this episode. If you can find out when in this episode Dom took Leo out to go pee and we had to pause the recording, we'll give you a shout out. I don't think you can. You won't be able also, to. Also, we're too good at our jobs. We don't we don't really make edits. We no. stopped making edits probably like episode 5 of the FRP. Yeah. We um, got to episode 5 and we were like, Why However, are we? Uh, we, we still have to edit out Leo pretty regularly barking as long as it's not like in an important moment. And yeah. if it is, we just let him ruin everything. If it's like a one-off bark. Yeah, it's, it's fine. They know the dogs here. It's fine. But then sometimes he just goes on a little, on a little rant. Yeah. Like he really disagrees with what we're talking about and he feels like he has sometimes to I up. disagree with what we're talking about. That's true. Like marrying your uncle. Ugh.
Ugh. Well, I agree that you shouldn't. What a great way to end this, this episode. Yeah. So if there's one thing that you learned from us today, it's please do not marry your uncle. Please don't marry your uncle or your cousin or your, cousin. Or your sister. Especially literally not every, your sister. Literally every kid in this show is married to either their cousin or their uncle or their sister. Well, and if, you, if you do any of those things, and I try not to be a judgmental person, no. I'll judge the fuck out of you. It turns out that Allison and Viserys so, have the most normal marriage of this entire season yeah, and of that's weird House of the too. Dragon. That's still weird. Think about that. It's still Think weird, about that, but it's the most just normal of let that kind, all Let that kind of, of simmer all the way up until season two. Ugh, that makes me gross. All right, guys. All right. We'll see you next time.